Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Saturday night and not a football game tomorrow, which means a little bit of time to breathe and relax. With uh, Mile High Insiders, I'm Nick Kendall and joined, as always, on Saturday nights by Luke Patterson. Luke, how you doing? Not good, Nick. Not good oh, at no. all. Four straight <laughs> losses. I mean, I'm happy to be here with you and MHI and ladies and gentlemen, Nick Kendall. I see you putting in overtime on the mic. I see you in the mornings. I mm. see you in the evenings. I see you on Friday nights now. I caught some DVDD last night. So, uh, man, you're all over it. This is going to be a venting session for me. And maybe you could be a little more therapeutic since you've yeah. had a couple times to digest what happened on Thursday night. But only. All things considered, man, I'm doing well. It's Saturday night. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. You are listening to Mile High Insiders. Let's say what's up to some folks. Dylan Von Arks, our guy, does a lot of work for us behind the scenes. We really appreciate you, Dylan. Uh, Muhammad Badri as well. Good to see you. And before I go too much further, I want to say what's up to Nathan L. Nathan Nick got in the comments section and so generously donated uh, not only his time, but some of his hard-earned cash and saying good evening, everyone, before we even go live. That's the type of energy that I need to get me through the rest of this season, Nick. Yeah, no, we needed some positive energy, positive vibes. Uh, obviously, we still got a lot of season to go, but uh, Broncos will hopefully keep fighting out there, right? Uh, and three and four, season's not over yet. We'll find out. But thank you very much, Nathan. Good to see you. Um, we got Donald's in the house. Jay Kozad, of course, is in the house. Good to see you. Mike Woodward saying evening to everybody. Great to see you. Jamie's in the house. Is Weatherly any good? We'll get to that trade here pretty soon. Todd is also in the house. Uh, a lot of familiar faces. Mac 85 City, of course, Death by Inches. We have been getting beat by miles and nothing is going to change. Things will change uh, hopefully uh, one day, but I don't know if the, today's the day, even though uh, Woody Page got duped last night. Pretty funny. But uh, what happened? Yeah. What happened with that? Um, it was a burner, uh, not a burner, but a fake Mike Kliss account. And the guy like wrote it very much like Mike Kliss would saying that uh, Shermer and Fangio were going to step down and Kliss saw it and ran with it and he got duped. So uh, check your sources, folks. No, it's, uh, even the best really? get duped. So really? that happened to Mike. So that happened to Mike a little bit earlier, maybe about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And he had to get like his Twitter and everything back. So it's happening again, man. That is absolutely crazy. I did not catch that. Oh, yeah. Woody Page. Uh, it was a big funny joke yesterday. So, uh... oh, man. Well, you know what? That ties into, you know, the Denver media versus the Denver media. I had tweeted oh, yeah. out earlier. We're all a bunch of puppy dogs when you get us together. So we might seem tough behind that keyboard, but I assure you we are anything. But what's going on, Mike? It's good to see you. Stu McPeak friend of mhi since the very beginning i appreciate you paul 8026 good evening and broncos country you guys are watching mile high insiders he's nick kendall i'm luke patterson get at us on twitter at mhi underscore pod you can find mile high huddle on twitter 
at Mile High Huddle. If you'd like to get to Nick, slide into his DMs, if you will. Uh, that's at Nick Kendall MHH. If you want to get yourself a nice MHI hat, maybe a Building the Broncos hat, Dove Valley Deep Divers, Huddle Up, Broncos for Breakfast. We have all kinds of merch that you can find at huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Guys, we really appreciate the support over on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. You can become an official supporter of Mile High Huddle. And Nick, if you become an official supporter of Mile High Huddle, there's a lot of benefits for you. The thing that one of the things that I love the most, milehighhuddle.com, the best written video content that you could find out there. Mm-hmm. We are not subscription based. We are not going to charge you any fees. Come on over, over 12 million reads already. Listen up Broncos country, TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Times are tough, man, but we're here to get you through it. We are here to make it better. Just like our guy Lights Out Highlights. Appreciate you so much, a $2 super. Nick, why do Broncos fans want Drew Locke over Teddy? This is a fascinating question. Uh, Lights Out, appreciate it. To top, get the show going. Now talk about getting the ball rolling. This is going to get the ball shoved off the cliff. Nick, why is Drew Locke's name coming up over and over again after four straight losses? Well, people like the uh, unknown and the possibility of potential more than, you know, what they have already. You know, grass is always greener on the other side. Uh, we had that whole offseason after Drew Locke and the Broncos went four and one during that five game stretch in 2019, where it was hyped up. You know, Drew could be this franchise quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Second year investing all these players. I mean, you bring in a top five paid guard, top 10 paid running back, two wide receivers in the first round. You know, this offense is locked and loaded and uh, locked struggles last year. Uh, no doubt about it. So a lot of people still are hanging, clinging onto that hope uh, just because they think that he can get to this next level, but uh, no guarantees there. Obviously. I mean, we had people also pining for just a similar example, uh, Justin Strenod this off season, you know, like, Oh, replace Josie Jewel, put Justin Strenod in there, blah, blah, blah. Not looking so good so quickly here this season. So uh, I think it's, it's just the promise and the potential of the unknown. Uh, even though most of the time that doesn't pay off like you'd hope. I'd co-sign everything you said there and add another thing. I wrote about it in my Keys to Victory uh, this past week on MahaHuddle.com that the Broncos did not utilize, but um, Drew Locke was healthy, one. Uh, mm. Man, I, I just it bothers me. I get it. Vic Fangio loves Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't like Drew Locke. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're telling me that Teddy, who can't even you know walk, feel his foot, yeah. anything like that at what? I heard a good friend on the air last night say, 75 percent it's like no 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 he wasn't 75 percent. let's be honest he was probably a little bit more like 50 if we're being generous um and a healthy drew lock i mean it just seems stubborn it seems just 
it bothers me. It really does. What really, I don't know, annoys me a little more is when I hear, well, let's see what Drew's got. We already know what Drew's got. So I don't want Drew Locke to play for that. I want Drew Locke to play because he's the healthy guy right now. That's what backup quarterbacks are for. And Fangio's not even using his backup quarterback that they've invested three seasons into now. Yeah, and we got Andrew Lampy coming in here real quick. He says, happy Saturday. Hope everyone had a wonderful day. Hope you had a wonderful day, Andrew. It's been a pretty good one so far over here. Uh, we do have a bomb cyclone or something coming into Seattle tomorrow, so that should be interesting and always interesting. Muhammad Badri rocking the profile picture there with Little Malik. Good to see you. It's good to see you, Muhammad. It's always great to see you. Uh, Braun and the Smooth Killer in the house. Great to see you. We What's also up, got Mo? Jason, Jason Spivy in the house, or Spivey, coming in with the uh, stars. So thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, um, Jay. Yeah. Back to Drew Locke, I totally agree with you about the if he if it was, you know, this close competition and Teddy Bridgewater is that injured, I don't see how you don't you can't go to Drew Locke. I know that it's a short week and it's hard to make that transition on the short week, but you are going up against a very good pass rush. Um, I mean, even though he didn't I don't even know if he got home, but uh Miles Garrett was getting held like every play and do dominating. I mean it a player that good impacts your game plan and what you can do and just everything offensively. And I guess, you know, they did decent against him as good as you possibly can do, sure. but uh, Drew maybe can bring you more of a spark, score you some points. And I keep coming back to this, the turnover in the red zone or like the 25 to go from Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you brought in Teddy to not have that play happen for that exact reason. Cause that's how Drew Lock killed you last year, taking points off the board with turnovers like that. If Teddy's doing it, then I mean, why are we playing him? So uh, I think we will see Teddy another three weeks um, leading up to the bye week. And if the Broncos are still struggling, that'll be the time to make the move. But until then, probably still going to be the Teddy show. And uh, hopefully the Broncos can get on the right path against the Washington football team. The Teddy show, the Teddy show hits Von Miller's Halloween yeah. party before we get back to football. Uh, yeah. That's of course coming up this Monday. The players should be getting some rest. I hope Teddy is off of his feet and healing and uh, feeling better, but collection yeah. connection. Good evening. Thank you for joining Nick and I on MHI. We really appreciate your support weighing in to answer that previous super chat. Um, white fans are clamoring for Drew Locke because Teddy cannot win. He cannot make a first down. Drew Locke still did as good as Teddy in his first year. Teddy brings the team down to his level. Whoa. Collection connection. Here's what I'll say about that. I love that you're calling your shot. You believe what you believe. That's your truth. And you're sticking to it and do mm -hmm. not ever change because sometimes I think people, their opinions are so swayed as to what's popular and what's not. Here's what I would say to that real quick. Teddy's a team captain for a reason. And it's not yeah. because Vic Fangio just picked him out. I was there every single day at training camp. Um, still checking with sources here and there. Teddy is beloved in that locker room. Nick, what do you know about Teddy Bridgewater and what he means to that locker room? Because here's the only thing I have a real big beef with that is I'm not going to get after the first down comment. I'm not even going to get after the he cannot win comment. It said he brings the team down to his level. Well, his level was pretty damn tough the other night and he can yeah. get up there and not make excuses. If there's a healthy Teddy Bridgewater that can fully step into that throw, that interception throw, I'm not so sure it is a pick. Cortland Sutton, if you hang up on that safety just a little tighter and make him bite, I'm not so sure. So a lot of things come into play, and I know I sound like an apologist for Teddy Bridgewater by, right now, but I just know he's beloved in that locker room. Uh, yeah, no, he is a team leader. A lot of the weapons and the offensive players respect him. Um, I mean, obviously, they're going to toe the company line when the microphone's in front of them about either quarterback, but it does sound like Teddy is the one that has the attention leadership of the still relatively young offense. And uh, something I do want to see before we're ready to bury Teddy or anybody's ready to bury Teddy. 
I, I want to see what this offense looks like with Jerry Judy back out there. I think that uh, the games have been close enough um, and Teddy has not been totally killing you. And uh, this offense specifically, it needs a guy who can uncover quickly in those one-on-one matchups that Shermer likes to dial up. He doesn't really scheme guys open. He schemes guys into situation where they can win their one-on-one matchup. And all respect to Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they're more slow developing down the field players versus the type can get uncovered immediately. Um, and that should help the offense a lot uh, these next few weeks. And again, if the Broncos lose like one of the next, or excuse me, lose two of the next three, I'm gung ho. Get Drew Lock ready for after the bye week and let's see what he has because you have another year of control. And uh, what would the Broncos be at that point? Uh, four and six. I mean, your season's probably over at that point. Then it would be time to move on. And uh, if if Fangio says he's not doing it, then as far as I'm concerned, I think Peyton needs to come down and say goodbye because mm-hmm. uh, you need to figure out what you have there. And Teddy, obviously, even if it's not totally his fault, the formula's changed. The defense hasn't been good enough around him. The offensive line isn't good enough around him. You need to see if, if that other quarterback can raise those guys where Teddy hasn't so far. Nothing's been good enough in Broncos country. Y'all are pissed, and I hear you. Uh, you know, I'm You're pissed. Good. This is not what we grew up. It's so yeah. maddening to me as a father to explain to my child, my eight-year-old daughter, this is not what it was like when I was growing up. This is not what it was like, you know, six, five, six years ago, Nick. I mean, the standard yeah. is gone. Ownership is gone. This team is run by a trust. And you're seeing the same thing time and again. But I appreciate you, Nick. I appreciate Broncos mm-hmm. country because here at MHI, we want to hear you guys sound off. How do the Broncos get things back on track? And what is the biggest problem with the Denver Broncos? We already talked a little Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. I want to hear you all continue to weigh in. And speaking mm-hmm. of weighing in, Aaron Lynch with us since the beginning as well. Thank you so much for joining Nick and I on MHI. And Aaron Lynch is weighing in with a generous super saying, the Denver Broncos are not making a run this year. That's tolerable if we use the season to quote, experiment for lack of a better term tried the different things try drew lock find progress and i'll be happy cheers fellas we appreciate it aaron um nick go ahead and react to to that sort of mentality because that's that's a little more realistic if you're a george payton and you're trying to figure out how you're going to ride the rest of this year do you want to grade and evaluate something you and i talked about a little earlier today or find some silver linings on how we go ahead well, right now, going ahead, we'll have to be hanging your hat on this rookie class. Uh, we talked about already Patrick Sertan. He's going to get a little bit better in the tack- tackling side of things, but he's been playing good, looking really good in coverage. Uh, hopefully we can see some more Quinn Miners going for I know we were very trepidatious to overhype him early on, but like the small sample size has been really good. Javonta Williams looks good. Get more Caden Stearns, Jonathan Cooper out there. That's why I think the right direction. And I think what uh, Aaron is uh, getting at there, you know, experiment with things. I don't know if like fully experiment, you know, don't implement a brand new type of defense where it's hard to get mid season, uh, but you know, get some of those younger guys in there, uh, rotate, see if you can find anything for the future to build on. And we got Mark Linda mode coming in here saying, howdy, Nick and Luke and the rest of Broncos country. How do you do you Mark? Always awesome to see your picture. Your cute little doggo there. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight. We also got Wendell Williams coming in. Can we please trade a fourth or a third round pick for Roquan Smith? Not too much to ask. Someone send that to George Payton, please. I'll let him know, um, but I got to say, I think the Bears would leave you on red uh, for that kind of pick. Roquan's playing great football right now, and uh, that's part of it. The other part is, can the Broncos afford to move on from any capital when you don't have the quarterback position uh, set for the immediate future? Nick, who needs Roquan Smith when you've got Stephen Weatherly? Yeah. Uh, talk about ex- <laughs> talk about transition and ex- executing some trades for George Payton. Uh, that's the news of the, the day, Broncos country. The Denver Broncos have acquired outside linebacker Stephen Weatherly 
via trade with the mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings. Familiar, shocker, uh, in exchange for a 2022 seventh round pick. Now, with Stephen Weatherly comes a 2023 seventh round pick. Uh, so basically, they're getting themselves an outside linebacker, a pass rusher, and mm-hmm. a seventh pick. They had to also place inside linebacker Micah Kaiser, another inside linebacker, down on IR with yeah. a groin injury. Uh, Nick, what are your initial impressions of Steven Weatherly and what this trade means for the Broncos? Uh, the Broncos, they needed a response in this game. Um, obviously, you have Mintz on IR. There's another edge rusher on the back end who went on IR. And uh, Von Miller, the ankle injury now. Bradley Chubb, how's he going to be when he comes back? And arguably the least effective guy who you're uh, – What's the, how do I put this? The guy that you are going to see the most snaps from going forward on this team that was disappointing, you know, not like Curtis Robinson at linebacker. He's not going to play. It's unfortunate that he was out there. But Malik Reed, he's somebody you're depending on. He was god-awful, god-awful in that Browns game. So bringing in uh, Weatherly maybe helps you a little bit on the edge against the run, and you you can't be or you won't be as targeted there going forward because make no mistake about it, the Browns targeted Reed, and they went after him, and they found great success. So Weatherly, Nick, he's a a six-year player from Vanderbilt. He spent the first four seasons of his career in Minnesota, and then he played one year with the Panthers in 2020, eventually Mm -hmm. came back to the Vikings in 2021. So 64 career games, 87 tackles, 20 quarterback hits, 15 tackles for loss, six sacks. So two forced fumbles, also one pass defended. So he's a veteran player. Uh, Stats aren't anything to write home about. I'll be honest. I do not know a lot about Stephen Weatherly, of course, other than his bio. I'll be curious to check him out a little bit. But the Broncos need help, Nick. And it, it does make you wonder about Von Miller. Von, of course, said he felt he could have toughed it out, but he's trusting the Broncos medical staff. Um, and I've heard the argument, you know, I've talked about it as well. Teddy's playing, but Vaughn said he felt good and didn't want to go back in. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of conspiracy theories there too. NFL trade deadline looming. We can go down that wormhole, but Nick, do you think Vaughn is a little bit more hurt than he led on just pure speculation because of this trade and hang on, Josh, we are going to get to you. Uh, do I think that Vaughn's a little bit more injured than he let on? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, so this move, I think, for for Stephen Weatherly being brought in, I mean, it makes sense, but it also does make me wonder, like, okay, does Vaughn need a little bit of rest? Does Vaughn need to heal up a little bit? And I'm not saying, you know, go on IR, but I'm wondering, does, can he take a week off? Can we make this a long kind of second buy, if you will, for the Broncos? You also, I it could be that. Um, I definitely think that could be part of it is getting Vaughn, you know, make sure he's healthy. But could you also, one, I, for me, this also made me wonder if this team is preparing itself for maybe a moving of Von Miller, the trade deadline. I mean, you have a guy now that can come in and that you're a little bit more confident. You gave up not a lot, a 2022 second for the player and a 2020, uh, excuse me, seventh for a 2023 seventh plus the player. Um, But you're going to have Chubb coming back. Uh, Breed has been up and down Cooper. Okay. But I think that this might be a move, especially since you're trading picks, not just a guy that you're just going to let go. And maybe you see a vision for him with Chubb coming back. How do you have snaps for that kind of guy? It's if you're moving on from Von Miller. So I think that it's it's a possibility. Obviously, there's locker room ramifications for that, but uh, it also might be something where it's a seen as a, a goodwill move towards Von Miller as well. You know, we respect you. We love you. We're going to trade you a team where you can be a contender and go to the playoffs for the first time since 2015. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can be in the ring of fame. But I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just I just know that if you're trading that kind of pick, I don't think you're planning on just shuffling him on and off the uh, the roster here. Otherwise, you could have just found somebody else. Well, maybe that was a contingency plan for George Payton when he inked Von Miller. You know, hey, if he is playing well and the team's not, 
Yeah. Maybe we look at that route. Interesting. We will have to keep an eye on it. But Josh, yeah. you waited so patiently. Thank you so much for uh, putting up with Nick and I and our word salad. Josh is weighing in saying the problem is this team has been trying to recreate 2015 for six years in a row with no signs of changing. Nick? I mean, they have been changing. It's just been not good change. And sometimes maybe even change for the sake of change. Uh, it's it's tough out here in the AFC West right now. I mean, you got to give a shout out to the stability um, that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have brought to Kansas City. That's harder than early on for the road for the Broncos when they had Peyton Manning. Uh, the Chargers look like they've struck gold at head coach and quarterback going forward. So it's tough. Uh, I do want to say it's maybe a cliche, uh, but the fish rots from the head down. So until the ownership situation is stabilized, I just feel like we're kind of tire spinning in mud. And I don't know exactly the, if we have very much positive forward momentum as an organization until that's squared away. I see what you're saying there, Josh, and I, I like it. And I think Josh yeah. is trying to hit on the point of we're just going to win with stellar defense. It's okay when yeah. Peyton retires and, uh, you know, rides off into the sunset and our defense yeah. is so great that we're just going to we're going to keep rolling. Well, we drafted one first round quarterback who's playing CFL on the bench, third string right now and Paxton Lynch not going anywhere. I get it scared this organization off yeah. of drafting quarterbacks that giant hit and miss and we've just you guys saw the graphics on thursday night football it's the browns and the broncos and the quarterback carousel well the broncos just got rolled by case keenum and that that was just it was gnarly it was the jv team that beat up on the varsity um it, it was absolutely horrible and i'm still frustrated about it and I think everybody else is as well. DJ also weighing in here and DJ going after that PS2 jersey. Good luck, buddy. Appreciate the support. The coaches yeah. that um, coaches that everyone wants fired for their performances the last two to three years. It's been tough. Coaching turnover as well. Um, man, it, it's just and then you get the Justin Fields folks as well saying you look at a PS2 who is playing well, you wonder what a lame duck year would have meant for a Justin Fields, at least getting his feet wet a little bit. So that argument is is valid, and I, I think that we can have it, but it does get a little old at a certain point for me. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's the same thing of the, the what ifs, but uh, you're here right now. You have Teddy Bridgewater who's injured and playing probably from a peripheral perspective about what you should have expected coming into the year. But uh, the formula is not working because the defense is, I mean, it's been bottom five the last four weeks, which is shocking considering the investments they put in it. But with that, you have to change the formula and need, you then need more from your quarterback. So sorry, Dude, I mean, I, you need more from Teddy too. 375 yards the last four games, each game. I mean, yeah. it's the first time since 2007 that yep. the Broncos have, are given that up. I mean, where is this evil defensive genius that is able to grab onto these players and make him make them play for him. It's not working. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's bizarre. Coach had a bizarre kind of attitude to him yesterday at the press conference. I don't know. We could get into that a little later, but mm -hmm. let's get back to the comments. Cause Broncos country is ripping and rolling as they should be. They're passionate, Nick, and they're tired of losing. I don't blame them. Collection yeah. connection coming in again. Really appreciate the support. Thank you very much. Um, it's always excuses for Teddy and blame for Drew. But Teddy's in his prime, losing to second and third stringers. He has four turnovers in a game. Hashtag lock for quarterback. I appreciate it, Collection. No, it's it's. I hear you. I think a lot of folks, you know, have have 
been really tough on Drew and deservingly so, but I will say this. I appreciate the way that he's handled his backup role until he went into that game against the Ravens. And you kind of heard the excuse of, well, I don't get many first team reps and stuff. I know Drew, but neither do these other you know, second string quarterbacks. It's, yeah. it's tough, but Drew's going to play at some point, And I yeah. think Broncos country should at least expect it. Yeah. At some point you'll see him. Um, and like I said, I think right now, if I was in charge of the Broncos, uh, Vic Fangio and them, they got another, th- another three weeks to get it right. Then you have the bye week to really give a, the quarterback time for preparation and getting c- connection with the first team offense, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's the time point where I'm thinking if you're, the season's not going well, uh, that's where lot comes in. Uh, and, we got Andrew Baker coming in. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, and yeah, real quick before we get Andrew in, and you know what? I'm just going to squash it right now. No, Deshaun Watson's not coming to Denver. No, no is not coming to Denver. Like, uh, I get it. Last week, there was yeah. a busy, a busy week in the NFL, Nick, as you well know. But no, you're it's Teddy and Drew. But, you know, and Nick, I want to ask you this. I'll let you think on it. And maybe you can answer a little bit later in the show. But why is Brett Rippon on this team? Why is he an active member on this team? I mean, had a chance to go to Houston. He didn't want to go. Broncos didn't want him to go. So we're just going to activate him and let him just sit there and rot. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But let's get to Andrew because maybe he'll make me feel a little bit better. For sure. Andrew Baker coming in, one of our top star givers. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's always great to see you. What's up, Nick, Luke, and my Bronco brethren? Which is better, selling for picks or buying to keep playoff dreams alive? Hashtag mile high huddle for life. Hashtag Ooh, Denver Broncos for life. Great question. What is better is buying to keep the playoffs alive, but um, sometimes you're not in the position to do that. Just as a general statement, I'd rather the Broncos, you know, five and two right now and buying to keep the playoff hopes alive and churning. But right now, I think the Broncos will probably sit on their hands until after the Washington football game. I believe it is a couple days after that where it is the NFL trade deadline. Uh, So that's when you'll probably see the the stuff happen. Uh, The Broncos are three three and five at that point. Uh, they should be selling and seeing what they can get. But I think you're going to get one more de- effort at home, uh, another hurrah before this team and that kind of thing is uh, happens. Um, but, you know, 10 days to prepare. We'll see. Washington football team. Talk about, I mean, Denver's defense has been underperforming this year. Washington football team, same thing, man. Everybody thought these would be the best two teams and our best two defenses in football. Blah, not very good. Not very good at all, and the defense has just been around average, too. I think they're 16th in the NFL, uh, the Broncos' defense on third down, so middle of the pack, and that's just not good enough. Meanwhile, nope. you look at the Broncos' offense with Pat Shermer on a, in the NFL, dead last, third down, I think 29%, something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, it's just uh, a lot of the same, and I hear you, Broncos country. Mm-hmm. We're, we're extremely disappointed and frustrated as well. Um, and here we go. I'm driving Scott crazy because I'm trying to click on all the comments. Donald weighing in as well. Donald, welcome to MHI, and thank you for your support. Uh, we appreciate those stars. He said, I was slash M very critical of Drew Locke. The difference now is that Drew uh, is young in his career. Progression is a real thing. Nick, we talked about this a lot in, in, throughout training camp and stuff like that. We did see some improvement from Drew Locke, deservingly so. Uh, you saw mistakes as well, but um, – you can't fault Drew Locke for improving. You got to give credit where credit is due. And, uh, you know, I, I would have played him. I would have played him against Cleveland. It's not because I'm a Drew Locke guy. It's because I think that's what backup quarterbacks are for. He's young and healthy and should have been studying. I think he has been. He doesn't have a work problem or an effort problem. That's never been a thing with Drew Locke. I think he cares immensely, but mm-hmm. he needs a change of scenery. Anybody that's a Drew Locke fan right now, you should be rooting for the Broncos to trade him away. Uh, because I think he needs a fresh start with a new team, and it'd be cool to see him actually get that start. Maybe it's with Detroit. 
they're over. I mean, but you look at them coming down the road. I think they play. Are they the Broncos at home or is it on a away game? Either way, it bothers me. I don't want the Broncos to be their first win if that's the case. And, you know, it's just desperation here in the Mile High City. Yeah, it's rough and probably not going to be the season that we had hoped for. But, uh, you know, you do have things you can hang your hat on. And I'm going to hang my hat on Naj coming in here and still supporting us, man. Every single show, every single one that I've been on this week, I feel like Naj has come in with his 1999. So uh, God bless you, man. Uh, he says, hey, brothers, sadly, I've lost complete hope for this season and don't see any other wins for the balance of this season. I have to believe the players have lost faith as well. What, if anything, do you feel can change that? Uh, what can change that? Beating the Washington football team, right? I mean, confidence is a heck of a thing. If you can beat the Washington football th- team, uh, things can start rolling that way. You have a lot of young players. Uh, you get you have Jerry Judy coming back, which could be, I mean, people were talking about Jerry Judy like he had a chance to be one of the more dynamic playmakers in football this upcoming season. And now you get him returning to the lineup. That might help a heck of a lot. So uh, there's some things like that. Maybe it's a little bit of a far hope. I mean, you can also cling to the hope that uh, maybe Drew Locke comes in and sparks things. Um, so there, there is avenues for hope. I, how likely are they to happen? You're in a division where you have the worst quarterback no matter what you do. So it's going to be tough for, for you to really get beyond that. Um, but still, uh, there is reason for hope. And each game, you got to take them as a, uh, you know, a microcosm and look at them and see who can get better. And, you know, we'll roll into this, this offseason and hopefully uh, – George Payton can have a better, clearer direction for this team going forward. Yeah, I'm tired of the old guys on one-year deals. Kareem Jackson, I'm not impressed with your performance the past few weeks. I'm really not, and I really respect and like Kareem Jackson, but let's just call it like it is. I've been giving Justin Simmons a ton of leniency because I think Fangio's been putting him in an awful position, but I can see a lot more from Justin Simmons. I know he got paid. I know he cares and is a hard worker as well, but Mm -hmm. it's just not good enough. Here's what I'll say. What can happen, and Naja, really appreciate the support. You've been with us since day one as well. Um, What can change that if Vic Fangio apologizes to this team if he gives and relinquishes control to Ed Donatel, something he won't do, show a sign of humility in front of your players. I'm speculating that Patrick Smythe, our good old friend down at UC Health Training Center, and his fabulous PR team, and I'm not using any sarcastic tones because Patrick leads one of the best in the NFL, he talked to Coach. I know he did. He had to have, based on how critical specifically me and other people on social media were after the post game talking about the players. And yes, he did say we, a few times he said, we a lot more yesterday, Friday, after the game, something I think he was coached on to say a little bit and used me a little bit. And I, and trying to take accountability a little bit after the fact, but I'm just not so sure he gets it. I'm not so sure that he understands that he's losing this locker room. Maybe it's already lost. It is splintered. How do you get that back? You, you ask for forgiveness. It doesn't mean you're giving over your power, but you say, fellas, I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to be a good head coach. I'm not so sure Fangio is interested in that. Yeah, it's going to be tough, uh, especially with the direction this team is heading. I mean, we know there's been reports of safeties getting into it with Vic and defensive linemen, you know, maybe some heated stuff, but those are all competitors out there. So it's not like it's, you know, personal or anything like that. It's just guys that want to be put in a position to succeed and help this organization and help themselves out while doing it as well. Uh, Mike Woodward coming in saying Grandpa Vic ain't it. Uh, it's definitely trending that way. It's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, being a NFL head coach, it goes beyond the scheme. Uh, you got to be get those guys to fall in line with you. I don't know if it's the same extent of like the cult of personality you see in college, but you still need those guys to all pull the same direction. And uh, they got to have mm-hmm. belief in you. And winning, winning creates culture. Haven't seen that here. And the Broncos are trending down with Vic. 
And it's about energy too. I mean, don't yeah. tell me that like 168 year old Pete Carroll has, yeah. you know, the energy of his actual age. I mean, that guy is so fired up for every football game and he gets, I know there's only one Pete Carroll and no, we don't need an energized guy running around here like Pete, but the respect that yeah. the players give him because they know that he's willing to go out there and go to bat for him. And he's earned those stripes and Vic's got those pelts on the wall as a DC, but Man. the wall is looking bare as a head coach. Yeah. Uh, Shane Daniels weighing in real quick and appreciate the support and love those stars and appreciate you watching on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. um, saying what's up, Luke and Nick, is there any reasonable path to the playoffs in your mind? Uh, Nick, last week the Broncos lost and we were all very upset when they went 500 and the Broncos still would have been in the playoffs. Now they're sitting at the bottom of the AFC West today just because those games have not been played, those game seven games until tomorrow. Uh, Nick, how did the Broncos get to the playoffs this year if they're going to turn it around? Oh, man, how do they get the playoffs this year if they're going to turn it around? Uh, you need the defense to start playing like they are. Uh, that they should be. Um, maybe some of that is with Bradley Chubb coming back. Maybe some of that is with guys on the back end starting to communicate better and execute better uh, and make pass rush, wherever that may be uh, showing up. So you want that and the offensive line to start solidify. I mean, I know that you don't have any real big guys coming back, but if the offensive line can start playing a little bit better down to down, you see your rushing game start to get you, you know, third and short rather than the third and eight plus that we've seen pretty consistently this season. Those are means and, Heck, maybe it's the Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow thing where the team is struggling. They make the change at quarterback just to say, you know, it's like it's like adding something to your soup. It's like, oh, this is a little flat. Let's throw some salt in there. I don't know. Um, and energizes the team and uh, can galvanize them to something. But uh, the odds of that happening, I don't know. It's that's just kind of spinning the wheels. It's like the same thing with like a coaching change midseason. You know, we're trying something to try something. And Lord knows if it'll work, but uh, we got to do something. Yeah, I thought that something was going to come yesterday. I thought yeah. that Vic was going to say, I'm relinquishing control. And even though he wouldn't be, that would have been someone else saying, hey, Vic, you need to do this. Um, but George Payton is letting him kind of figure it out. I think when you, if you're George Payton, you have to look at your reputation as a GM as well. Uh, he's a He's got an excellent reputation in the scouting community and as an assistant as a brass member in the NFL. But everyone's trying to figure him out as well. And that leads me into our next comment with Enki here saying, now that we have a GM, and George Payton, let's have some actual accountability. Man, that's tough because we're all looking at George Payton and we're trying to figure out what kind of GM he's going to be. We're starting to figure out and craft an opinion of what he likes to do in the draft based off of only one year, uh, what he likes in free agency. But to me, Nick, it feels like George Payton has been extremely supportive of Vic Fangio, giving him a lot of resources on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, they went in. I mean, you saw in the draft, even after they drafted Patrick Sertan, George Payton leaned back and smile at Vic and saying, I got you your cornerback um, or I got you your corners. So it's definitely they went and tried to empower Vic this year, uh, making giving him no excuses to perform. And if not, uh, probably moving on from him. I wouldn't say it's one for one of what they did with Drew Locke two years ago. Uh, I've already listed off all the things they did to empower Locke last season. But, uh, you know, that's if they don't get it done, it falls on that person and uh, you move on from there. So um, we'll see how much. And I don't know if you saw, I think it was Zach Stevens tweeted. About, and I know that Von or John Elway is still VP of football operations or something like that, but it sent a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, when I saw that Fangio had a meeting with the likes of Peyton and some other, uh, some other people and John Elway, it's like, J I'm ready to close the book on John Elway as front office decision maker for Broncos. 
Yeah, it was George Payton. It was John Elway. It was Joe Ellis. So two of the three. Let's let's move forward, baby. Well, especially with Joe Ellis, man. Like we know he's got one foot out the door already. He told us that himself. And then he gets up and starts that press conference at the you know last year, last January. The same thing that happens. This isn't good enough. And it's like, well, what is, fellas? Because I'm starting to wonder if you even realize that there's a problem. Are you so disconnected? And we already in retirement? Because I agree with you. Why are we showing shots of John Elway? You know, one the goat of Denver, right? No, all due respect, yeah. and not George Payton. I thought George Payton was running this show. That's the guy we should be seeing on Thursday Night Football. But celebrity GM, it is what it is. Timothy Cotton weighing in real quick, asking me, "What have I heard about Drew Locke?" I nothing. I've heard that he's not playing. Same as you. Um, can't figure it out, Nick. They teased us on Thursday Night Football. They showed uh, some graphics, if you will, of Drew Locke warming up as if he was getting ready to go into the game. And it was frustrating to not see that because uh, I'm not looking to figure out what Drew Locke has, but I think a healthy Drew Locke offers a lot of opportunities to this team. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's going to get a chance at some point, and hopefully one way or the other we can have some clarity and resolution on what that means for the Broncos quarterback position, what it means for Drew Locke in Denver, and uh, going forward. I mean, maybe the resolution or the outcome is you know neither teddy or drew lock are it i think that's probably the most likely one um and we're looking for a new quarterback again this offseason or somebody to compete with drew lock again you know mitchell trubisky versus drew lock in 2022 everybody sit down it's gonna be super fun um but uh, yeah sorry i had to get a little bitter dig in there maybe i would take <laughs> trubisky over andy dalton um uh, but we got michael ronquillo coming in here saying <laughs> i heard that tim patrick was fined 15k against the raiders for his penalty did you see that nick luke in broncos country go broncos i did yeah. see that uh it's unfortunate but i mean that's going to happen sometimes in football in that aggressive game yeah tim's a tim's an explosive player he usually you know he's usually in control the only problem i have with tim patrick was what last year when he actually threw a punch in the raider game on the road can't be doing that but even then i was still kind of happy because i'm like well he's got some fight in him uh i'm wondering what's going on with tim patrick what's the future of tim patrick is it with denver i mean are you guys working on something for Cortland? because i'm not hearing anything I mean, that might be the best kept secret, and that's something George Payton has done very good. I'll give him that. I don't know about you, Nick, but uh, it's hard to get any information out of that building. It really is. It's like it's locked down tight. I don't even hear rumors. Uh, Usually start to hear something, but George Payton, he plays his cards pretty close to the vest. Uh, Tim, Tim Patrick, man, I would love for a deal to get done, right? Because I think it'd be affordable, but I'm not so sure if you're Tim Patrick that you want to deal with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely true. I do got to ask you. Um, let's say the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, come calling and say, "Hey, we want Tim Patrick on our team. Uh, what is, what are you what are you taking for him?" A third rounder. A third rounder. I think that's realistic. I want you know, and I know Broncos country. It's going to light up. A first, a second. I know we love Tim Patrick that much. I'm not so sure the NFL loves Tim Patrick that much just because they don't know him yet, Nick. And yeah. he is an aging wide receiver. So I would hope for a third rounder, but Man, that that'd be tough. How about you? Um, I would take something the equivalent of a late third round pick. Uh, so it doesn't okay. have to be exactly a third rounder, but it could be something sure. like a fourth, a sixth, and a future sixth, um, okay. where you're getting some assets on the back end that uh, gives you a little bit of flexibility to maybe be aggressive moving up for a quarterback in a draft class, or um, trading some of those excess picks that you get for those um, got veterans on the back end of their deals that can help bolster some spots on your offensive or your uh, 
across your roster. And we got Mark Lindemode saying Nick Kendall for head coach. I don't know about that. The X's and O's are tough. I really enjoy playing the general manager role more so than the, uh, the head coach role. Uh, but uh, I mean, if the Broncos want to pay me and then fire me or whatever, and then uh, I could sit off that for a couple of years, maybe doing a bunch of hikes and uh, fishing off someplace in like Hawaii, that, that'd be okay with me. Go ahead and hire me Broncos. That'd be great. Yeah, no, those, those animals live a different life. Those coaches, man. And so do the scouts. I love dipping my pool in the scouting community, mm-hmm. you know, as much as anybody in the winter and the spring and travel and everything, but man, never will I ever be a scout, man. Uh, it's those guys live tough lives. These coaches live tough lives. There's a reason they have heart attacks. There's a reason they don't sleep. There's a reason their you know, families don't see them unless you're Bruce Arians, BA, by the way, how, what a BA is BA. I mean, like that guy, he's one of a kind, but yeah. it's just, it's not the way the NFL actually works. That's an interesting question, Nick. What would I, yeah. I, you know what? Okay. Uh, if some late rounders and if we can set a package together, cause man, Tim Patrick and Aaron Rodgers. That sounds cool. That sounds exciting. And it, it might hurt us a little bit, but you got to wonder if George Payton's going to start doing some wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get to Jose Ramos or Ramos. Excuse me. Let's say let's get Drew Locke some good ca- coaching. He did great with Rich Gangarello. Pat Shervin is even making steady Teddy look not steady. Uh, well, the ship's not steady when you don't run the ball and you panic every time you get behind. Something that we saw Pat Shermer do once again, Nick. People are sick of Pat Shermer. They want him out of Denver. Vic says there's that's his guy. He's been asked, you know, once or twice the last two weeks, hey, you going to make any coaching changes? Well, I, yesterday was my favorite to, to Cliss. He's given a tough week for my guy. Mike's my guy. Yeah, I, I know, know everyone gets after Mike, but don't let the, the Twitter stuff fool you, man. Sometimes he's trolling y'all. Yeah, but you just have no. to laugh at Mike. Mike yeah, Mike's, Mike's my dude. Mike's been very good to me in my come up. But uh, no, he's had a tough week. So Mike no. Cliss, you know, asks, asks Coach Fangio, you're going to think about any changes, more or less, I'm paraphrasing. And Fangio kind of stops and was like well what kind of changes are you talking about and kind of challenges him right and you're kind of like "Ooh, okay and uh you know mike's like oh maybe something with the coaches or inspiring football something like that and vic's just like no you know we always want to inspire our players kind of a belichickian moment yeah. if you will but it's a disconnect for sure yeah and uh, it would be bringing it back it would be tough to train tim patrick uh because he is really good but I think Broncos this offseason, we're already, God, we're already in the offseason talk. Everybody's on their own in the Shermer scheme. <laughs> week yeah. seven, and we're heading into week eight. We haven't yeah. even got to our buy. I know we're on I a know. mini buy. And uh, the good news, and I've seen it all week, and it is kind of funny, and I'm a child, so I'll just say it is, you know, Broncos country's like, oh, the good news is we're not going to lose on Sunday. That's where yeah. we're at, man. Yeah, but, but always looking forward, always looking how we can improve this team long term. And uh, you do have bubbling questions, and that's why we're here, right? To pick these apart. But like, Tim Patrick versus Cortland Sutton. Who can you pay? How are you paying them? Uh, to me, even though Cortland Sutton's like 80%, it's pretty easy to see he is the more dynamic player in space, uh, more acrobatic in the air, better after the catch kind of thing. Tim Patrick is really good. Um, but if if you can't pay both um, and you're planning to be aggressive this offseason as well, meaning that you'd lose a compensatory pick for Tim Patrick walking, uh, then maybe you should think about getting that, uh, that package for him earlier this year uh, with a trade package. It's tough when teams are able to predict you. You're so yeah. predictable. We we knew that about the offense. It's something that uh, U.S. Dave is getting into, saying when the opposition uh, can outguess you. Wow, They're not even out coach or out scheme, but out guess you. It doesn't matter what you run. 
kind of like, oh, I don't know, that running back Johnson still can't even get his first name right. Uh, running for it on a third down in a with a draw, a halfback draw. Are you kidding me? That's kind of what that play, this comment by US Dave, our guy, kind of makes me think immediately. He's exactly right. I mean, yeah. it does not matter with the defense right now. They're bleeding as well. So special teams, abysmal. Hey, we got the block. We got the block field goal, right? Hats off, to Shelby, Shelby baby. Shelby, Sh- Shelby made his uh, yeah his appearance felt. Also got that sack at one and a half, I think actually. Yeah. Good um, second quarter. So yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's just so so predictable. And our guy Charlie Beagle has been weighing in all night. I've been trying to get to him. Uh, run, run, pass, punt, and that's exactly it. It almost feels like Shermer's sometimes calling you know to a detriment, if you will, those running plays always on first down. And then you see Kevin Stefanski with the JV squad, Case Keenum, the wind's blowing 25, 30 miles an hour, march down the field and just, I'm not even going to say punch. I'm going to get violent because it's Halloween. Stab Vic Fangio's defense in the throat. I mean, it was just absolutely disgusting to see the players. uh, They looked confused. They looked, oh, this is us. And I I was waiting for a fight. I really was, Uh, you know, because I'm like, okay, are we so mad we're going to start fighting each other now? We're just fighting each other at practice. And no, I'm not advocating for one, but it was disgusting to see Mm -hmm. from the Browns and Case Keenum. I mean, Vic Fangio's defense is better than that, and it really bothers me. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Kevin Stefanski, probably one of the better offensive minds in football right now, a Gary Kubiak disciple and via a Mike Shanahan disciple, and uh, really giving me some – early 2000s Broncos vibes where they're running who knows who at running back didn't matter hundred yard rusher uh and you know the, the I guess the king or the the disciple or he's a disciple of running backs don't matter you know it doesn't matter if your running back is out there if your offensive line is dominating like the Browns were at the point of attack it's easy to make a little bit of excuses for the Broncos given short week uh, all these new linebackers and I think the scheme also Fangio changed the scheme somewhat after Jewel went down because he's trying to keep Justin Stranod as clean as possible uh, because Stranod at the point of attack is just getting obliterated. I guess there's no other word for it. So uh, it, it's tough. I mean, it's nobody is can be prepared for losing the linebackers as much as the Broncos have, especially on a short week. Uh, but uh, you still got to go out there and play and try to overcome it. Stuff we got to see what the Broncos are going to do. Time will tell. Uh, speaking of time, you guys are watching MHI. He's Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH. I'm Luke yep. Patterson at Luke Patterson LP. This is MHI on your Saturday night. Jason is weighing in, asking our opinion on if we uh, think George Payton is going to go off in free agency and spend some money. Broncos have some money to spend. Um, and this is tough, Nick. You're right. Uh, yep. I'm starting to notice it. We're we're talking about the off season and it's week seven. That's how bad things are because uh, Broncos are on a four game skid. Washington's coming in here. The Broncos should win just like, you know, they should have beat the Raiders without a head coach and people just aren't trusting this team. So they're starting to try to look to the future. Well, we got a lot of money to spend. So maybe George is going to go out and spend a lot of money next year. What do you think about that, Nick? I mean, uh, that's, that's interesting. And I think it's worth at least mentioning. Yeah, um, Broncos have, I think, the second most cash available this offseason, which is good, but also kind of concerning. You talked about it earlier. George Payton's been great in the draft front. Free agency return so far this year, the contract signing so far this year, not great. Uh, Justin Simmons, we haven't had a good return on investment yet. He'll get a chance to figure it out, but um, he's been not as good as we'd hoped. Uh, Shelby Harris, before this last game in that second quarter, hadn't heard much from him. Obviously, we know what's going on with Kyle Fuller. Ronald Darby's been hit or miss. Uh, Mike Purcell's down now. 
Mike Purcell as well. So um, the free agent signings have not been as good. I'm almost curious if uh, we could pull a uh, Houston trading Brock Osweiler to the Browns kind of move where we'll take somebody's bad player with a bad contract, eat some of that for some more draft capital for Peyton to play with because he seems to be a little bit better there after one offseason. Yeah, the Ronald Darby one hangs me up a little bit right now. Um, Much better than Fuller. Much better than full. It didn't take a snap, right? Nope. I mean, did not take a snap. Uh, him and Brett Ripon, right? Both riding that bench and working, working hard. And higher learnings, of course, weighing in. Yes, and Kyle Fuller's weighing the bench. Nick, I, I thought he deserved some uh, 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 emotional conversation, if you will. Maybe a bit of a tongue lashing from the old his old coach, his old bay that he came over here for, but didn't think that he needed to be completely benched and not play in this game. Surely they could utilize Kyle Fuller at some point, right? Uh, I saw somebody also asking earlier, like, oh, where's Ajim? Uh, why haven't we seen him yet? Well, the guys who are playing three technique, five technique for the Broncos defensive line, i.e. not my uh, Mark, not Mike Purcell, um, haven't been injured yet. Uh, so if you had an injury there, you'd see one of those guys. It's the same with uh, we wouldn't see Stranod right now if you hadn't had those injuries there. It just could have easily have been the interior defensive line. So I'm not as upset or concerned about it. And while it's not a great use of resources with Fuller on the bench, uh, if you can flip him for even, you know, maybe you get back that seventh round pick you just sent off and or a sixth round pick if you eat some of the cap, that would be great. I'm sure somebody is looking for a body there that uh, he does have some experience and can help them. And you have Ojemudia coming back too. So even less uh, reps out there and you want to get Ojemudia on the field to see if he can come in and be a, somebody who can contribute going forward. So Fuller's definitely, he's probably the most likely guy to be traded this off or with the trade deadline coming up. Ooh, I like that. I haven't even thought about that. And you know, what's funny, Nick, is you kind of connected a couple dots for me. Cause I've been thinking, I feel like Jerry Jones, right? I've been thinking a lot about it in the shower. Um, no, I've been thinking about it all the time. That comment from George Payton that we heard in the preseason, everyone wrote it up. George Payton's trying to sell cornerbacks. He's trying to sell cornerbacks. Yeah, we're getting calls. You know, corner's a premium position, I think is mm-hmm. exactly what he said. So Kyle Fuller on the trade block. That's interesting. That that might be something to watch, Broncos country. Remember, you heard that speculation. If that happens, you heard that here on MHI, because I like that. I think that's a realistic possibility. And uh, Tez is weighing in here, and I think that's a good question, mm-hmm. because it talks a little bit about something, Nick, that we haven't really touched on yet. Yeah. And he's asking, why do you guys think Teddy's isn't the answer? Our offensive line has been getting him killed. Plus, he doesn't have the same receivers that he did in the first three games. We've talked receivers. We've talked Teddy versus Drew. We talked a little bit about Quinn Miners getting back in the game, but the offensive line, Nick. This Remember when we were talking about the offensive line being you know, one of the best in the NFL, maybe the best in the AFC West? What happened to those conversations, man? Where did we go? Yeah, they've definitely underperformed. Uh, You'd hope you'd have a better unit with Mike Munchak there and the amount of investments the Broncos have had. I know people scream about the Broncos not investing in the offensive line, but you have, you know, three top 100 picks there. Uh, One first round pick in Garrett Bowles, a top five, top 10 paid guard. And uh, you also had another highly paid guy who injured, got injured right after the draft. So really makes it hard for you to adjust for that. Uh, I think Massey has played admirably, all things considered. You guys can tell his wife that so she doesn't at me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> sorry. Just, you get in oh. trouble on Twitter? Did you start a fight with Bobby Massey's wife or what? Uh, I just said that um, uh, Max Crosby was taking it to him because he was. Because he was. Massey, dude, that was. Massey's wife didn't appreciate that. But I was like, you know, that is. Uh, that's cool. always great, dude. When you get like the family members coming after you, man. It's not personal. Like, I'm sorry. No, it's never personal. And you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, I mean, Mad Max, dude. The guy is tearing people. Yeah, got beat. He's tearing people up. And here's yeah. what I'll say about Bobby Massey: like, 
he's talk about the answer, right? We're talking about who's the answer at quarterback, who's the answer at head coach. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, we don't have an answer at right tackle right now either. But Bobby Massey plays football. He shows up every day. He's not Jawan James. Yeah. Uh, he's not you know any Menelik Watson, uh, any of those guys. He's better, but man, he's having a tough time, and I don't blame him. I'm not so sure Pat Shermer puts him in the best position. All all things considered and Mike Bunchak, yes I mean the guy knows what he's doing Chris Cooper mm -hmm. as well but man you cannot leave these guys out on an island I mean if you thought that Miles Garrett was bad wait till you get a load of Chase Young uh, you know on yeah. either side left or right and Garrett Bowles of course got himself and did you see that like compliment slash diss from Miles Garrett on Garrett Bowles after the game that was weird too yeah. like oh you did great if holding is all you can do it's like Ooh. yeah Bad luck. Yeah, I mean, he was getting held like crazy, but uh, thank God for the <laughs> NFL. They're not calling that every play. It's like uh, Von Miller, you know, back uh, five years ago. Um, I wanted to get more to this question from Tez because I have people saying, oh, you don't criticize Teddy enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is a perfect opportunity to um, add some nuance and some criticism to Teddy Bridgewater. He's talking about the offensive line getting Teddy Bridgewater killed. Mm -hmm. uh, well, sacks are not a just an offensive line stat and same with pressures, everything like that. It's also a quarterback stat. Uh, credit to, I guess credit, it's a double-edged sword, but some credit to Teddy Bridgewater for hanging tough in the pocket. But um, that is a reason that he is the most pressured quarterback in football. I think he's the fourth highest in time to throw. Uh, part of that is lacking the type of quick open weapons. So Teddy's hanging on to the ball. And some of it is, I don't think Teddy trusts his arm as much to hit some of those tight window throws or throw guys open. So he hangs on to the ball a little bit longer until they are obviously open or they've hit the turnaround route. So uh, some of that is on the offensive line for getting him killed. But Teddy's also uh, struggling and needs to be better. And maybe those limitations in his game that everybody talked about, the arm talent, et cetera, et cetera, are limiting this team. But, I mean, we we knew that. This bed was made after the Broncos passed on fields at nine or and Mac Jones at nine that this is probably what was going to be if you were playing Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke lost out. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, I, I feel like Jules and Pulp Fiction, right? Allow me to retort. Uh, Shane Daniels weighing in just saying, look, man, Teddy's he's got a concussion. That's not right. Um, he can make decent throws down the field, but there are lots of times receivers are wide open and they either slowing down, they have to stop, and they're trying to prevent the defense from intercepting it. And that makes a lot of sense. I think that kind of supports your theory and your assessments of Teddy Bridgewater play and you're exactly right drew lock does have that better arm and that's where the drew lock fans the stands can come in and say look man drew can throw a better ball yes drew can throw a better ball but is he going to make the right decision that's the tough thing that's something that fangio does not trust him with right now i think pat Shermer, if you caught him in a dark room with a couple cold pops maybe a cigar maybe he'd say yeah you know what until Teddy gets better, let's let's roll with Drew, you know, because Pat loves to spread it out with Drew, even though we don't think yeah. he should do it. But, yeah, you've got a Teddy Bridgewater that's still – yeah, he cleared concussion protocol. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's got that hamstring, ankle, foot. Man, he probably at this point in his career needs those circumstances to be as close to perfect as they can be to get that optimal performance from Teddy Bridgewater. Otherwise, you're going to start to see that nosedive, which we're probably in right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, the formula has not held up to its end of the bargain, right? Top three defense, Teddy Bridgewater controlling the football and a good rushing attack. Well, the Broncos aren't rushing the football very well down to down. Uh, maybe their average is high from some explosive runs, but they've got to be close to the bottom in the NFL in terms of 
uh, tackles for loss or stuffs at the line of scrimmage from their uh, opposing team. And some of that is other teams are stacking the box. Some of that is the offensive line just being a little bit too finesse inside. Uh, so th- with that, the formula is losing. And because of that, you're going to need Petty to play better than what we probably should have expected from him. Um, but it's unfair. And uh, shout out to Shane and Peter coming in with the stars here. Um, you guys are awesome. Uh, Shane and Peter, you guys getting in there for that Patrick Sertangers. And you guys can be like them and get those stars in and get a chance to win that sleek number PS2, number two jersey for PS2. Uh, Peter Middleton comes in and says, name our inside linebackers this week. It's changing every week. Yeah, Micah Kaiser to the IR after hurting his hand. Uh, right now, I think it's Curtis Robinson and the likes of uh, Justin Stranod. Uh, I'm a, I'm a guessing the Broncos are going to bring in somebody at linebacker. You got right. You have, you're not playing this Sunday. So you have an extra week. They're going to, they have to bring in somebody at the linebacker position. Cause right now, I mean, you're just, you're getting killed. Uh, right. It's linebackers. You can find linebackers the off season, but when you're getting injured as the Broncos are, other teams are going to identify that weakness, run at you, uh, use tight end screens. Like we saw this week, scheme you up that first drive. And uh, from there it's, it's rough. So I, I don't even know. They're going to bring in somebody. They have to. Yeah, they got to have some tryouts. They got to start making some calls. You can see Peyton kind of going after the pass rusher today, getting that pass rusher and Stephen Weatherly for anybody that missed it. The Denver Broncos did make a trade with the Minnesota Vikings. Shocker, I know, right? Uh, To get a pass rusher, Stephen Weatherly, I think he's a six, seven-year vet. Uh, We sent over, what, a seventh rounder? And no, we got a seventh rounder. We sent a 2022 seven and got back a 2023 seven. So uh, there's obviously um, a little bit of value for the Vikings because you get more value the year of, and it starts to fall off there. Um, but really, I mean, not a big, not a big trade, just getting some bodies there, getting some depth and Weatherly uh, Wake Forest. I actually did like him coming out as a guy who could make the league a uh, really good athlete, long, Vanderbilt. not much built Vanderbilt. Excuse me. I knew it was one of those uh, black and yeah, you know, it was cool. Hey, athletes. where is Wake Forest? By the way, I was North having Carolina. this conversation. Where is North it? Carolina. Is it? Okay. Yep. North Carolina. Um, yeah, the, where, okay. All right. College football. Where's the Citadel? Where's that? At? Oh God. Um, I, that's, is it Philly? No Citadel, I think is Virginia or Tennessee. It's Tennessee. Tennessee. Scott's, Scott's point in Tennessee. There we go. Um, yeah, for sure. Citadel, right. Tennessee. I think it's a military school. Um, and, uh, Man, Joe Spath coming in. I think Joe came in last night as well. So thank Joe, you so much, Joe. We're what's up, man? Dude, what, talk about a dedicated fan, man. He's coming in here right at the, the twilight hour, man, of the show. Absolutely yeah. love it, Joe. Thank you very much for your support. And he's saying, hey, guys, I know I'm a little late to the show. That's all right. You're not. You're never late to the show, man. We appreciate your support. Uh, he wants to know, do we think Jonathan Cooper has surpassed Malik Reed yet? I like Malik Reed's effort but it just feels like he's not athletic enough. Appreciate you guys. Wow, Joe, what a what better way to end the show? We have not talked about Jonathan Cooper at all. Um, yeah. I love the question. Do we think Jonathan Cooper surpassed Malik Reed yet? I don't know about that, but I love the effort I saw out of the young guy. You've got to see more Coop mm-hmm. coming up in the next few weeks. What do you what do you make of that question? Uh, yeah, I don't think he surpassed Malik Reed yet. There is something to be said about the assignments and schemes and Malik Reed for an edge rusher is pretty good in coverage. Uh, he can drop back and do some stuff there. So I don't think he's surpassed him yet, but you do want to see some more Jonathan Cooper going forward. You still have another year of control left with Malik Reed going forward, but Cooper's the guy who looks more dynamic in that game. And, uh, hopefully you can see him there some more and, uh, appreciate you as well, Joe. Thank you so much for the shout out and I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, the Citadel is in South Carolina. We're getting yeah. corrections on that. Charlie, our guy, yeah. Charlie Beagle, man, Charlie's 
Scott's on it. Charlie's on it. The rest of Broncos country is on it. And uh, guys, man, it's seven o'clock. This hour goes so quick. Let's get to a couple more comments before we get y'all out of here. Zebulon, our guy is coming in. Good to see you, Zebulon. Uh, asking what happens if Drew finally gets in the last few games and the Tim and the team starts to win just like his four and one rookie record two years ago. Interesting question. We're already talking about the off season. Let's talk about the rest of the year. Cause that's a really interesting take Zebulon. Uh, man, what if Drew gets in and goes on a little bit of run at the end of the year? Is it too little too late or does George Payton possibly take another look? I mean, I, I am somebody who thinks that if you say quarterback wins is a stat, you should blast yourself to the moon. Uh, wins are a, t- a team stat, um, not the quarterback. Obviously, a quarterback can help you win, um, but I hate how people put them on quarterbacks when if you watch the game, you can get the context and really decide if a quarterback was the reason that team won or lost or not. Um, but that's I think that would be interesting this year. As, as I say that, an aside would be the Broncos don't have a cakewalk. Uh, the last after the bye week even. Um, but I think the last five games uh, incorporate the the Lions. That's a game you should win. But also the the Bengals who are playing pretty well. Uh, the team that's right now looking like they're going to be in the playoffs. The Chargers on the road, the Raiders on the road, and the Chiefs at home. If you go four and one in those games with how this team has looked so far, I, I wouldn't need to see how it looks. But something went right and we'd have to uh, at least reevaluate our decision with the quarterback going forward. And maybe it's another season like this one where you bring in somebody and Lockett's another chance to compete. But I don't think you'd crown him going four and one unless he was out there, you know, obviously being the reason they won. You know what's better than four and one is six and one. My record on the pick'em at mylehuddle.com. Hey, <laughs> it's like the first time this has ever happened Ooh. ever. So I'm trying to like brag as much as I can before I start picking wrong and just go on yeah. a, a skid mark, just like the Denver Broncos, man. Four games, man, four games in a row. Yeah, Lost. breaking news here. Breaking news. Uh, Luke goes on the IR for injuring his shoulder for patting himself <laughs> on the back too hard. <laughs> I would never get hurt, ever. Uh, they would never shelf me like that, ever. They can't. Yeah, no, they try. Trust me. Um, no, you guys are the best, man. We had such a live and spirited show. I feel yeah. a lot better. I feel a lot better about things because I know I'm not alone. I know the rest of Broncos country is frustrated. I know that there are some players out there, and we did highlight some, right? We talked about Jonathan Cooper at the end. We talked mm-hmm. about Shelby Harris. Uh, we didn't get into Javante a whole ton or Melvin Gordon because, well, we didn't really run the ball that much. Uh, we talked some O-line, some D-line. Pat Sertan did okay. Uh, this team has a lot of improvements moving forward. Mm-hmm. But, Nick, these Saturdays, they always go so quick here on MHI. Yeah, they always do. Uh, hopefully everybody has a good other time, to- a uh, good rest of your weekend. And uh, maybe I need to get, we need to uh, start dishing out some uh, a report card or something from some of these college football games because the Broncos keep losing. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to be talking some more NFL draft. And I know we'll get some eye rolls from the people in the comments section, rightfully so. But right now, if you're picking top 10, looks like it should be an edge rusher or a cornerback. Uh, here we go again, Broncos country. Uh, mm. But guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. I know we got things to do. It is Saturday night. And, uh, Luke's got Luke's got a hot date, so you gotta go. Date, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't have to work tomorrow. It's like the first Ah, time in like you know weeks, months that I don't have to work tomorrow with the Broncos. So enjoy. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna actually try to enjoy some of the festivities. And uh, Steve coming in real quick saying, uh, if I was George Payton, I would use my free pass and not do a thing. Better draft picks with while purposely purposefully tanking i don't think tanking is in uh this franchise's dna i think you they might just lose out on their own if we're being completely honest but guys i know it's uh it's absolutely insane out there but be good to each other 
We're frustrated, just like you, but good times have to be coming soon because it does not get much worse than this. Guys, stay tuned as well. I think the Huddle Up Boys will be back tomorrow on Sunday night. Remember, Maha Huddle, we've got a show every single night. Nick was on Dove Valley Deep Divers last night. You can catch him and Scott on Broncos for Breakfast in the mornings. Uh, Nick is also on Tuesdays. The guy is everywhere on the mic with Carl, with building well, building the Broncos, rather. And Carl, what's up, man? Welcome back. I'm so glad uh, he's back. I got to catch up with that guy. If you are watching us on Facebook, become a supporter. If you're watching us on YouTube, we really appreciate the support as well. Do not forget to get your swag on at huddleuppod.com. Grab yourself an MHI hat. Uh, grab yourself a Broncos for breakfast hat, a building the Broncos hat. We got everything that you could possibly want. I know the holidays are coming up. So get those orders in because I see them all over the mile high city. Absolutely love and appreciate your support. Nick, I had a blast, man. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm glad we could exercise those demons. Uh, you guys are not going anywhere, so we'll see you next time. Everyone have a great rest of your Saturday night. Uh, no stress Sunday tomorrow. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.